Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everybody and welcome to the spoiler review for episode four of obi-wan kenobi here from the geek buddies plus laura kelly perfect well hello everybody we are back as promised laura kelly joining us here for hopefully the next three episodes as we Go to the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi and having some fun in this fourth episode. So they let last episode, we finally got the much anticipated and ballyhooed uh, confrontation here between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi to some middling reactions, but overall positive. I think there were some people who didn't 100% uh, get on board with it. But overall, I think most people came away from that episode very excited to jump in and see what we got in episode four. Uh, we're going to talk about all of it, break it all down. So if you haven't seen the episode, go and see it, then come and hang out with us. But let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. Mike. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and Silicon Valley. Absolutely. And joining us, as I said, the great Laura Kelly, co-host for Coast of the Jedi Way, still maybe somewhat recovering from the glow of Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> but here to talk about Kenobi. <laughs> Very happy to be back. And yes, the glow of Celebration shall not fade until I am back in London at the next Celebration in April. I will yeah. be there, 100%. The Geek Buddies awesome. are talking about it. A live Geek Buddies episode with Laura Kelly could be a lot of fun. Just throwing it, it out there. Um, but yeah, I see, I see your background is getting more and more full there, Laura. I've seen it grow and grow and grow. What's the new uh, thing you've added the book back here? <laughs> yes, I've got Shadow of the Sith back here. Delray sent that out uh, earlier this week, so very happy to be uh, about a third of the way through that now. And then I got a um, new piece of artwork by Jake Bartok. A friend of mine gave that to me, and it's um, 
it is Avar Crisp of the High Republic. So I'm very happy about it. I need to figure out how to get her lit better. She's a little dark back here, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Work in progress. Well, I mean, after everything she's been through. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to hang out in the dark for a little bit. Yeah. That's where I like it. I like my Jedi a little dark. <laughs> well, speaking of the dark, so there was a lot of dark in this episode. We had essentially what we've seen in other recent Star Wars uh, series where you've got the main protagonist going to rescue a cute little creature out of danger. And certainly we have Obi-Wan <laughs> trying to rescue Leia with Reva. Uh, 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 kind of battling him uh, uh, and trying to uh, get in, trying to get to, to the information of what's going on with the path from Leia. So much that went on here. We got to the the fortress Inquisitorius. There, we got to see more of Kenobi and his uh, wares. We got more with Tala and Dira Varma becoming a very essential part of the show here over the last couple of episodes. We got some water action. I, I, am I wrong? This felt like a Clone Wars episode. I don't know if I'm off base at all. But it felt like that to me with the interesting ways they went through everything and rescued Leia and the hiding her under my coat type of thing. All of that felt oh. very Clone Wars-ish in a way. Are uh, you are you yeah. disparaging animation right now? I just want to be clear. Like, usually when I say this felt like a Clone Wars episode, I'm using that in a complimentary fashion. But I don't know that you are right I now. I, we'll find out, I think, by the end of the episode whether that was complimentary or not. But so much happened here. Uh, we're going to talk about it all. Final spoiler warning here before we dive into it. Michael, uh, give me your overall thoughts here as uh, as you walk away from episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I, you know, look, I think episode three just was so thrilling and just it kind of ended on this thing that we had been wanting to see. And I am one of the people that felt they really just like were firing on all cylinders with it. So I think it was hard to top. And I don't know that episode four topped it, but I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff in this episode. Like it yeah. is a very straightforward, like get in, rescue the person, get out episode. Um, but within that, I thought they did some really, really interesting things. I thought there was some really interesting nods to A New Hope. Yeah. I think there was some really interesting nods to Fallen Je uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is a video game that I love, but apparently can never get the name right. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, I think that there was some really, really interesting stuff along those lines. I also think. Uh, I really enjoy what they're doing in drawing a lot of parallels between um, Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, mm -hmm. in really interesting ways visually, in really interesting ways thematically that I thought was really cool. So I have a couple quibbles, a couple things that I thought were a little silly. Definitely mm -hmm. putting Leia under a trench coat to escape uh, Imperial uh, Fortress is one of them. Yeah. But... Uh, I thought uh, I thought Reva was really good in this episode. I'm really curious to see where we're going. I get really nervous when we get to these like last one or two episodes and we only have two episodes left. And I'm like, all right, well, where are we going? What's going to yeah. happen? Um, so we'll see. But all in all, I think this was not the best of the bunch, but I thought a really, really solid episode. Laura Kelly, thoughts on, on this episode here? Episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you agree with Mike that there were some quibbles, but overall enjoyable episode? Or did you like this one from top to bottom? I mean, naturally, I have some nits because I am a Star Wars fan after all, but I, I will try to keep them sort of light and fun. But overall, this episode felt very on par for this show for me. It felt, mm. you know, kind of, I don't know, average-ish sounds negative, but it's not. It just felt par for the course. And there certainly was a lot to enjoy. Um, and I, I even had my notes and I think I texted my co-host Alice first thing this morning and said, people who played Fallen Order are going to be very happy, I think, oh, with yeah. this episode because now you get to explore even more, which is fun. Um, but yeah, this, you know, mission to go save Leia, 
and then he saves Leia, and it's pretty straightforward in that yeah. sense. And there are certainly some like really cool action sequences. I think we get a little like the High Republic slash Clone Wars little Easter egg logged mm. in there, which I appreciated. And I think you know we got a little bit more insight into Reva's past, which I really appreciated because at this point in this series that is the thing that I'm like most hungry for. Like we yeah. know how Leia and Kenobi, we kind of know how their stories end ultimately, but Reva is a big question mark. So at this point she's still, she's kind of the most interesting part of it for me. Uh, and I just, I just want to know more. I'm starting to worry that I'm going to be left wanting a little bit. We've got two episodes left and I feel like we have a lot of ground to cover, yeah. but I, that's kind of where I stand with that. I love her character so much and I can't wait to talk about her more in this episode. Okay. Uh, Shannon thoughts on this. Are, are, where are you falling on this? Are you leaning towards more Vogel, more Laura? Or are you walking a new path yourself on, as you talk about everything that went on here in episode four? I think my my point of view is probably the closest with Laura's. It okay. was fine. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of the action, I thought there were some really kind of basic staging issues that were really drove me crazy. That it's like, oh, guys, this is... And again, I'm not a director, but there are things that I'm like, why didn't you just move this person over? <laughs> like, just little <laughs> things like that were really, really kind of bothering me. In terms of the story... Yeah, you, you got to rescue Leia. That is what happened. Because this was such a shorter episode, there were definitely sections that I'm like, why didn't you expand this a little bit? Like, let this breathe. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot to do with O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character, who, like, I thought O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson Jr., um, aside from Straight Outta Compton, I haven't been the biggest fan of his work, and but I really liked him in this. And I, I think his character was probably a little underserved. I mean, I think there I was definitely there was definitely room to we could have made we could have gotten a, a, a bit more history history with this guy, and I think it would have served the plot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there were just so, some directorial things um, that were really kind of just just irritating to me. And, and you know, I know folks are like, "Well, it's Star Wars, you know, give it a break." And it's like, "Well, no. I mean, this is not this is." these things were seem pretty easy to fix, but um, overall, like I thought you McGregor again was great. I love Indira Varma. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought, I thought all the performances across the board were really good. I think they're just being underserved uh, behind the camera right now. Yeah. I have to say overall, I don't know. I almost tweeted this out. Then I deleted the tweet, but I, I was like going to type out Obi-Wan Kenobi episode four, man. I don't even know now. Dot, dot, dot. It's just interesting. My feeling walking out of this because Ewan McGregor is doing excellent work here as Obi-Wan Kenobi. You absolutely sense uh, that there are um, moments where he is, you know, negotiating, using his powers again. He's rusty as hell. All of that is coming up. Uh, but And there are these fantastic moments when he lights his saber and he's wrecking house with those stormtroopers. It is awesome. And Deborah Chow does an incredible job kind of pulling the camera back a little bit below Kenobi so he looks even more majestic. And the lighting and all of that works. Uh, but then the Reva and Leia stuff, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm not 100% in on Moses Ingram just, just yet. I liked her in the last episode, but in this episode, I saw the more broader strokes and approaching things that I hope is going to pay off down the road because clearly her throwing that Jedi symbol on there, her going at Leia, her was very reminiscent of Kylo Ren and Rey mm -hmm. when he, when she was turning the the thing on her and, and, and that, and uh, Leia, it just, her reactions to everything are just fantastic. There's this staring contest. And then when she's screaming out of pure fear of what's going to happen to her, it is just chilling to listen to, but this is such a 
a filler episode in the six episode series, I think kind of unsettles me a little bit, to be honest with you, because like you, Laura, was saying, I'm getting a little scared. We only have two episodes. Uh, and it's not going to be like Stranger Things where the last episode is two and a half hours. We are only getting maybe a 45, 50 minute episode over these next two episodes. And that unsettles me because there are too many open questions. You know, we're just throwing O'Shea Jackson Jr. What, what, what is it? What's, what's going on here on this planet? What else is going on? Why was uh, Tala disillusioned? What happened there? How did she turn from the Empire? They're just characters. And I would like, would like more. And it seems like a six episode miniseries is underserving them a little bit. But there are incredible visuals throughout this. And that opening with Kenobi and Vader still connected in that way, feeling each other after that battle while they're both in back to tanks, healing, I thought was pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, but well, let's, or, or actually, Laura, let's go to you first on this. Um, let's talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi and how he's handled here in this episode. Did you like everything that he was put through here? You know, we see him, as I said at the beginning, in the back to tank, kind of jumps out and then eventually kind of understands. He's got to be, but he's the one now kind of making this happen. we got to go get Leia. Remember, he was the reluctant hero. Now he's the more wanting to get, you know, put things, be in charge and make this all happen. Ends up there with Tala. They go and run this uh, mission out, goes through the water. She sneaks in as an empire kind of spy, then helps him out. Somehow is able to talk into this thing with no one noticing, uh, almost no one <laughs> noticing. And then eventually Kenobi is in there and he's like, you know, uh, fighting off the stormtroopers, then holding back the water, then lets the water come in hides leia and they get off uh after one of the um uh, one of the uh, uh new characters that we just met uh gets killed so um what is your feeling about how they're handling kobe in uh, kenobi not kobe kenobi in this episode given the fact that we're supposed to see this grizzled guy who is navigating the loss of his faith in the force and in the jedi you know, I really kind of like the journey that we go on specifically in this episode okay. with Kenobi. I mean, we start really early on where he's having that conversation with those O'Shea Jackson Jr. And, you know, who yeah. calls him general, by the way, which I really love that little <laughs> detail that. that they added that in. Um, but, you know, he tells them, like, you you guys have got to get Kenobi out of here. Like, you're putting all of us in danger. And I'm like, yeah, Obi-Wan said the exact same thing to Nari three episodes ago and look what happened there. So I totally get that. We're, I like that we're bringing that back and I totally get why they would be apprehensive about that. But you know, I, we get the little like, you know, mention of him to like kind of trying to like use the force just in a small way, just to pull something like that's sitting on a table across from him towards him and struggling to do just that. Yeah. And by the end of it, I mean, we've got like full on like a sort of equivalent hallway scene almost of Kenobi where we're in, God, the wide shot of him in the interrogation room lighting the saber out of the dark. Like, oh, man, that that one really did it for me. So I overall, I like the journey that we were on. I'm really curious to see where they're going to take him next. I mean, we talked about whether or not like another showdown with Vader is possible. I'm like, we're warming up to that for sure. Yeah. And I'm kind of wondering, like, are we going to have to maybe stop at some point and go through like a training session with like another Jedi, another force wielder, just to kind of warm him up for that one last showdown? I don't know. But that's what I would like to see. But I like the journey that we went, where we started and where we ultimately ended up in this episode, for sure. OK, uh, Shannon, are we getting enough beats where we're getting to sit in, as you said earlier, and kind of let these moments breathe a little bit more, see Kenobi's questioning, see his nervousness, see him confronting his rustiness? Because there is a scene, there's a moment in, in the episode where he says, uh, don't worry, I'll be fine or I'll get it. Or, I'll be there. You know, these, these things that he's slowly kind of finding his confidence again. Is it working throughout this particular episode and the show overall so far? I think it would work if they had a little more runway. 
Uh, I, I think all the things, I think all the beats that they're hitting are correct. They're just not fully landing for me mm-hmm. because they're very, very sudden. Um, that that uh, conversation that he has with Roken where he's like, you know, you don't understand what the Empire is capable of. And Roken's just like, yeah, I do. I had a, I, I had a wife. You know, she, I knew what she was. And then two seconds later, is like, if you want my help, you got it. It's like, yeah, that's wait, 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 God, right. Like, like you really what? didn't even have to convince. Him. Right. <laughs> like, like there, there is a version where that conversation goes on another thirty seconds, another forty seconds, where Obi Wan uh talks about you know talks about uh uh you know what she's someone's daughter you know you yeah. know something like you know some sort of convincing rather than him just like all right yeah damn it i'm in yeah. <laughs> um so i so, and he's but, had someone he'd loved who 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 uh, died at the hands of the empire right so i mean there's yeah. there are connections you could have made to kind of convince him if there's a little more leeway as you, or a little more uh, runway, yeah. as you said. Yeah. yeah, but what Ewan McGregor is doing with what he's being given, I mean, I think he's he's knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, f- f- you know, I-, I really would have liked, to me, him turning on a lightsaber, to me, that was a moment, should have been a big moment, that we didn't get. Like, this is the first time he's turned on this lightsaber in however, in however many years. Like, to me, that should have been... A big moment. No, in the one. No, I'm talking about going back to episode three of Vogel. Like there right. needed to be, there needed to that. That was a moment. I mean, I get why they did it in episode three because it was so sudden, um, and and it was that Michael Myers attack. Like you know, you don't have the moment. You don't you don't have the time for a heroic moment when you're you know fending off Vader. Um, but that was just something I would have liked to have seen. And it seems like okay, he survived. You know, barely, but he did survive. Like to me, taking out the stormtroopers. It's nice seeing him build his build his confidence, build his skill. Um, action wise, I, I think they did make a couple of mistakes in some of those hallway fights. That there are, I mean, we all joke about you know stormtroopers can't shoot, but we just we established in episode three that they're not all stupid. I mean, there was a really right. good you know in in Frex, uh, uh, uh vehicle, um, but there's a shot where there's literally like Obi Wan has his back turned. There's a guy behind him, and it's like. That's poorly choreographed. I mean, you like if you, if he's you know doing all these heroic lightsaber ricochets, and there's literally a guy behind him. It's like that. Sh- get that guy out of the way. Like that's the first guy he takes out because it just doesn't. It just doesn't look good. But uh, aside from you know him hiding Leia under his coat, um, you do buy that he 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 is starting to care again. Like yeah. this is a guy who has been so checked out for so long. He cares about Luke and that this is who he said he was going to look after, but you are getting, you are getting a sense of a genuine emotional connection with, with Leia, which is really nice. It is nice to see. Yeah. I mean, uh, Michael, it was kind of a, a twist that I didn't anticipate they would keep carrying over now four episodes in his connection to Leia, his uh, partnership with Leia. Essentially this is a cop and a half. One more time with these two going at it, if you get that <laughs> reference. So you talk to me. Tell me what you think about how Kenobi is being handled in this episode, how his journey is being portrayed in this episode, and then where we're at overall over the four episodes with with uh, Kenobi right now as, as we're, we're looking at these last two episodes for the first season. Yeah, I mean, look, I think they're not getting everything right, but I think the thing they're getting the most right is really tracking this Kenobi arc. I mean, you know, I think Shannon's point about uh, the beginning uh, with O'Shea Jackson's character where, you know, he kind of like turned too quickly is is correct. I don't think that moment works. And I do agree that I wish we spent more time with these 
they're not quite rebels yet, but you know, the beginnings of what will start to form the rebellion. I think those characters were underserved. And I think that moment where O'Shea Jackson decided to do something was a jump, but I don't think that has anything to do with Kenobi's arc. I think with Kenobi's arc, they've been very, very steady in the pacing. I mean, I know, John, you had felt in the second episode that he all of a sudden had jumped into being action hero again after one episode, and you said you wanted more time with that. And I think that's what they've given us. I mean, this is someone who, even though he has definitely keyed in on, I'm protecting Leia, I need to get Leia back to my buddy Jimmy Smith's, uh, you know, he's he's still struggling four episodes in and we've really seen this steady thing. Like, I, I, I disagree with Shannon a little bit that, like, I'm glad that he didn't go, oh, it's Vader, my old buddy Anakin. I'm going to have this hero moment because my lightsaber, like, he's scared shitless. He turns mm-hmm. that thing on and just uses it to barely defend himself. And now in the fourth episode, we see him start to step back into form. Like, they gave him his cool little... Obi-Wan lightsaber twirl from yeah. uh, Phantom Menace, yeah, um, you know, and I, I think Laura is 100% right, like opening this episode with him using the force to just move something so small yeah. and barely being able to do it, kind of go into uh, Fortress Inquisitoris and, and go through everything, um, very reminiscent throughout of Obi-Wan Kenobi sneaking around the Death Star in A New Hope. Right. Uh, he even uses the exact same trick on the stormtroopers here that he does in A New Hope. Um, and then I think kind of building to those moments with the lightsaber, like seeing him turn that lightsaber on, take out the stormtroopers. And although I think Shannon is right in some of the choreography, I think if you're going to have stormtroopers coming in on either side, there's probably a couple ways they could have handled that to make it a little bit more dynamic. Um, but like leading to that moment with him holding back the water on the force, which by the way, is exactly what Darth Vader does at the end of Jedi fallen order, uh-huh. which I think is not accidental. Um, but I think like they've done a really nice job of like, wa- like taking us on this journey with him where almost against his will, he's being pulled back into all this. And will this all pay off between what happens in episode five and six? Maybe, maybe not. Like we might get to the end of this and say, it was a little too slow and steady. We wished we had dropped in earlier. We didn't get enough of him. But, you know, I think that thus far, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think that watching Obi-Wan Kenobi slowly start to become the guy that if you were a fan of the Clone Wars, uh, you knew him to be, I think has been one of the better parts of the show. Fascinating. Yeah, I don't know. I I, mean, I think I'm on the opposite. I'm, I, I want more time with him. I want more conversations. I would like more with him and Tyler where it isn't Tyler just going, you're going to be fine. You're going to figure out you're great. No, let's talk about it. Let's exchange information. Let's, let's trade war stories. Let's talk about the hell we've been through and then slowly, but surely get you back in the game. I want more time with that. And and all the action is getting him to kind of get, you know, um, how can I say this battle ready? Uh, so I understand that, but I just would have liked, I, I, I was promised a deep, gritty exploration of a man who's lost his faith and there's all this stuff going on that is distracting from what i want to see and that may be just me you know what i'm saying i wanted to see a certain thing and star wars isn't going to give me that because they've got to cater to these all these quadrants and they've got to play it and it doesn't mean they shy away from the darkness because certainly having leia getting tortured or about to be tortured was pretty brutal to witness a child screaming like that especially on the heels of what just happened in our real world that was really unsettling to witness and hear, but I wanted just a bit more with Kenobi. I want to spend more time with him, and maybe because I love him so much in this role, it's breaking my heart that we only get six episodes. 
and I want to have a little more time to savor and see his pain and see him talk about everybody he's lost and all the things he's been through and really just kind of see that come to the forefront a little bit more. And But, you know, maybe I'm asking too much and it's not quite what they wanted to do with this series. And as I said, Ewan McGregor still kicking ass in this role. And I did like a lot of the moments here with him because it's nice to see Kenobi being Kenobi and kind of coming into it. So we'll see if the fifth episode really kind of gets us uh, uh, believing that he is ready to, I mean, looking for a Rocky montage is what I'm saying. You know, maybe Tala's dying. She says, win, just win, something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, let's move <laughs> on to Reva. Shannon, Reva, uh, w- talk to me about this. Uh, we don't see the other, uh, the brothers and sisters. We don't see them until the almost absolute end of the sh- of the of the episode. So all this stuff is focused on Reva. She's got Leia. She obviously she caught her last episode. She's trying to get this information about the past. She's very angry uh, uh, about the Jedi. She also says that she once had a droid herself. Even more, kind of uh, pushing that narrative that we all think that she might be one of the younglings we saw at the beginning. Talks about being trained a little bit as well. And then eventually, as I said, starts to uh, move towards torturing Leia and then has this kind of interaction with Reva where he thinks she thinks he's lying. And then they're able to get away and Vader comes in and chokes her and she says, I put a tracker on them. So you talk to me about how you feel Moses Ingram did in this episode and how you feel the character of Reva uh, is is, uh, coming along here in this episode. I mean, I'm curious to see where she's going. Like, I think it's pretty much 100%. She was that young lady at the beginning. Um, But, like, I'm curious to find out more about her past and Mm -hmm. the way, the pace at which they are moving with the amount of time we have left. I don't feel like it's going to be satisfying, Um, which, again, has nothing to do with Moses Ingram's performance. This is is from the writing side. Like, I would like to find out why is she so obsessed with Kenobi? We haven't actually gotten that. I mean, it's is it because she's just being obsequious to Vader? Does it have something to do with Order 66? Like, those are things that I would like to, I like to, to, to discover and that we could dig in a little bit more. In terms of the scene, like, I thought she had some really nice moments. I thought she had some uneven moments, but mm. I, I don't blame her. I'm blaming the writing. I mean, tonally, when she says, I hope you enjoy pain, that was very mustache twirly villain, mm. which is a little incongruent with how she's been established thus far. Um, and so I think, you know, I think that is such a specific way to say that line that that's probably how she was directed to say it, mm-hmm. um, which I think kind of underserved the scene because you had this great moment where it looks like she has convinced Leia and Leia, who uh, Vivian Lear Blair was doing awesome, where mm-hmm. she's like, yep, I'll tell you. We can tell my dad first, though, right? I mean, you can see the moment in Moses Ingram's face like, shit. I thought I had this kid, but then to follow it with hope you enjoy pain again, it's just so it was just a, a very kind of silly line hmm. that I, I don't know any actor with that direction who could have pulled it off. Um, you know, at the end, as she's kind of stomping out with the uh, stormtroopers uh, like that, I, I think I wanted more out of that sequence. Um and again, has nothing to do with her performance. It's just the, it, it, for me, it's kind of hard to separate the two just because I thought her performance was good. I thought the scene was wonky because as Obi-Wan and Tala stop 
and <laughs> Reva has this squadron behind her. Hmm. There's still people in the background just kind of walking back and forth. <laughs> and it's like, she's got her lightsaber on. It seems like everybody would kind of stop and yeah. be like, hey, what's going on? Rather than like, hey, I'm on my break. Let's go to, <laughs> let's go get, let's go get lunch. Um, so that sequence, like, I really like seeing her deflect the, uh, the speeder bolts. Like, I wish we'd, I wish we'd gotten yeah, a little badass. bit more of that. And, but she closes on an awesome moment, throwing that charge and taking out that one speeder and then seeing how she, um, when she had Lola, she did something to it. Um, yeah. That was a really great moment with her and Vader. Like, I've never seen Vader on film stomp like that. Like yeah. the, the, the anger, which, you know, uh, Hayden Christensen is having to do a lot of suit acting right now, but you could definitely sense the, uh, the the purpose behind that walk in that moment where i mean she's it's interesting to see her scared of somebody because she's not scared she wasn't scared of the grand inquisitor she was not scared of the fifth mm -hmm. brother you can see she is scared of vader um so i mean i hope i hope it the last two episodes are just able to capitalize on the promising parts of her performance all right mike what do you what do you think about how reva's uh, how most zingram is doing here in this episode and how Reva, the character itself, is being kind of fleshed out a little bit more here with these quiet moments with Leia. Yeah, I think, you know, a thing with pacing, just in general, not Reva's character, but just in general happens is when the audience feels like they're caught up and they're waiting for the next thing. Uh, you know, this week on our show, uh, we, did a, we did our spoiler review of Stranger Things. And Stranger yeah. Things, even though we have these supersized episodes, there's so much plot going on and there's so many reveals happening so quickly, you never quite feel like you figured out things that far ahead of, your, of the characters in the show. So you're kind of always like ready for more. And I think the issue here is most of the audience, and I think Shannon's right, we've known that she's that youngling from about episode one on, you know what I mean? Like we've all been pretty much like, yeah, she's she's the youngling. Yeah. So in episode three, when she sees the Jedi symbol on the wall and she gets super pissed about it, and now with like every little thing that she's saying about, oh, well, I, uh, you know, I was, you know, this happened to me, or you would, you know, I remember when I was younger. And we're like, yes, you were a Jedi. Yeah, you were a youngling, you were taken away. You were the Jedi Temple. We, we, we know, why, why, why? So I think, it, you know, when you get to these, whether it's six episodes or 12 episodes or three episodes or whatever it is, it's less about how much time do I have and it's more about, well, is the audience caught up and is, is the audience with you or not? And I think with Reva's character, the issue is that we've sort of been ready by episode one to be like, yeah, give us more. And they're kind of holding this information back but it's information that we don't want them to hold back because we're like, you could have told us in episode two she was the Jedi. We could have been talking about this this whole time and getting all this information and really falling in love with her even more. So I think that's kind of the Reva issue overall. Yeah. Um, I think Moses Ingram is doing great, and I actually really enjoyed her in this episode. I thought her and Leia together was a great combo. I think they were playing really, really well off of each other. Um, I agree that from a story standpoint, the Lola bit didn't see it coming. As soon as she said to Vader, I put a tracker on them. I was like, oh, it was Lola. But again, the whole pacing thing I'm talking about, as soon as I realized that, we cut to the ship and we see Lola's eye glow red. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. um, but I did not see that coming when she was kind of holding on to Lola and everything. So I thought that was really, really well done. Um, as far as her being a little mustache twirly sometimes, I kind of feel like that's part and parcel with Star Wars. When your big bad guy in the entire universe is an old guy who just goes in his black robe, like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna allow for a little bit of mustache twirliness. 
Um, but yeah, in general, aside from not being sure about her in those first couple episodes, I've really come to like drop in on her. I think she's a really fun and interesting character. I also think Vader owes her a big debt of thanks since uh, in A New Hope, he's the one that puts a tracker on the Millennium Falcon and lets them escape. Whoa. And he might as well have called that the Reva Maneuver because Whoa. that's where he clearly got it from. <laughs> fair point, fair Good point. Good pull, Mike. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Laura Kelly, thoughts here on Reva. You, you know, you've been a bit a fan of her character and seeing her cr- progression and her journey here in the show. How do you feel about her now after all the um, happenings in episode four? And how do you feel they treated her character here in episode four? You know, I really like what Mike said about how, you know, we've kind of been ready for that getting her backstory since mm. like day one. And I completely agree with that. I mean, I think that, you know, here we are in episode four. We only have two left. I am still wanting for more about what's happening with her. But I do like all of these little like breadcrumbs that they're dropping for us. Like, you know, like I had a droid once too. It was taken mm. from me like everything else. I like that we're getting these little drops where she says things like the only person that can save you now, Leia, is you. And I'm like, this girl, like, she went through something. And Mm -hmm. that's why she's such an interesting character to me. Because we don't, you know, we know so much about Kenobi and about Leia from, you know, way before this show started to way after. And, like, Reva is just the most interesting piece of this entire puzzle as far as I'm concerned. And we're still just not getting anything about what exactly she went through. And I'm, you know, I I just, she's she's my favorite character in this show, I think, by far. And I'm really hoping that we get that eventually when i initially saw the previews for the show i think i was hoping that she was going to eventually turn by the end of it yeah. i'm very rapidly losing faith that that's gonna happen. <laughs> um but here's hoping but i just think that you know if, if we could have gotten a little bit more from the beginning like mike said we could have been fleshing out her story a little bit more yeah. deeply i think at this point um somebody did bring up a good point i think on twitter today and i unfortunately I don't remember who where they had said that this story might be really well served with the novelization form of this six series episode or the six episode series. And I fully agree with that. If anything, just so I can get more Reva. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm more in Shannon's camp. I thought she overall did a good job, but there were moments where, and you're probably right, Shannon, probably the writing uh, where it just feels like Billy Zane shows up all of a sudden. And you're like, Hey, you want a little bit more here? Give me a little bit more in certain moments and stuff. But there are other moments when she's talking about her past, when she's talking about the droid, when she's talking about the stuff she's gone through. And when she kind of dials into the, again, shall I say, the Kylo Ren aspects of this. So I got a, a real strong Kylo Ren vibe from her in this episode. This struggle, this, oh, you know, getting super upset about these moments because this is her kind of shoving back this other part of herself shoving it down because she's had to do this to survive and thrive and so she's telling her and maybe even reliving her own trauma by inflicting the trauma on her and that does happen when you do uh, when you study trauma that people who've been a part of traumatic stuff inflict that trauma on another person that's a possibility here that she is essentially in that in these moments with leia where she's going a bit overboard where she's you know telling her this is your you brought this on yourself you should have those are the terms you've heard before and so to me that's what it feels like here she is trying to kind of push through as kylo was trying to push through at times in the sequel trilogy you know to embrace the darkness even though the light was still beckoning him to embrace the darkness more and more and more in more extreme ways to kind of shut out the light and that feels like Reva is doing a little bit of that here in this episode as well. I like Moses Ingram as an actress. And certainly when they let her when they let her exist and they let her play between the lines, 
you see the talent there and it's great to see. So um, I'm with Laura in that I'd like some more Reba. I'd like to see some more. I'd like to see some more scenes with her, some more interactions with her. By the way, we haven't seen Owen since what, episode one? And it was all this big deal of him coming back. Can't we check in? Can't we check in on Owen and see? I think that could have, I think that could have helped the show out a lot to have a balance of Kenobi with Leia, Owen with Luke. What are the juxtapositions in the balance here as you're watching his upbringing, what he's going through, what he's going, what he's experiencing, him wanting to get out there and Owen kind of pushing back a little bit, trying to keep him from doing stuff. Whereas you see the precociousness of Leia, you see the, the aggressive desire of Luke. The balance of the two mentors, I think, could have been interesting in this show. And I imagine we're not going to get him until, what, episode six, probably. Yeah, but, I mean, that would be great for the Luke and Leia show. But the balance in this show is Anakin Obi-Wan because it's the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Unless it's his brother, then George. Then maybe. If it's George, now, if yes, if, yes, if Owen is really George <laughs> Kenobi, now, now you're talking. You saw, oh, now you had me at George. But, uh, I don't know. I'm yeah, look, I just want more, I guess, is all I'm saying today but i liked moses ingram in this episode just i mean i'd like to have more with the people that we have <laughs> yeah true fair, fair, <laughs> fair point fair point uh, overall um michael let's swing back to you now i mean leia do we like uh, let's talk about leia and tala together because they were kind of yeah. uh, a part of this whole uh, mission here tala's uh, you know leia, leia getting captured but leia very reminiscent of a new hope you know pushing back fighting back not you know not to uh, being willing to give in to uh, the Empire, even at a young age. Uh, I like the back and forth she has with Reva, and as I mentioned, the screams and everything. But then, of course, when Kenobi finds her, the absolute joy on her face, um, and then kind of sneaking out. And then with Tala, what she's what she does and risks going back into yeah. the Empire, wondering if her cover is blown, and all that she does to get them out of there, she survives. Tala might be surviving out of this series, which would be great. Yeah. Well, I so a couple things actually. Um, one, <clears throat> not on Leia specifically, but I've seen some I've seen some people uh, floating this theory on Twitter, and I do find it very interesting after this week's episode. Is that in six episodes, it seems like each episode thematically has been kind of hitting a little bit of the prequels into a new hope. Mm. So episode one takes place primarily on Tatooine and involves um, a royal person um, being abducted uh, as Phantom Menace takes place in large part on Tatooine and Amidala is uh, is uh, is uh, being kind of held hostage by the uh, the um, whatever they're called the Nemoidians yeah. uh, episode two uh, you know you kind of go to this planet that is very reminiscent of the Coruscant underworld which we first saw in Attack of the Clones and there's a lot of intrigue going on and Episode three, you've got Obi-Wan versus Anakin and somebody gets burned. So very clearly Revenge of the Sith. And then this episode, as you were saying, with Leia being held captive, the program moment, there is so much in this episode that is just directly tied to A New Hope. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi invading the Citadel to help save a princess, Mm -hmm. throwing the stormtroopers off track in a direct nod to New Hope. Like this episode is just filled with little homages to New Hope, which is very interesting. It'll be cool to see if in next week's episode in the finale, we get kind of a Empire moment or Return of the Jedi moment. This whole theory could completely fall apart, like the commercials in WandaVision, which we all theorized over endlessly, ended up being like not what we thought they were. But because there are so many fun New Hope nods in this episode, I did find it really interesting. As far as all that goes, I thought, you know, Leia, as we said from episode one of the series, has been just fantastic. And I think for all that she's done that has been so great, as I said, her and Riva's scenes here were so good. Her quiet confidence 
Um, the way that she sort of, as Shannon said, that moment where she's like, well, we could tell my father first, right? <laughs> um, all good. And then genuine fear when she yeah. gets taken to that interrogation center, uh, that's interrogation cell, like genuine fear. And then that lovely, lovely moment between her and Obi-Wan when they get back on the ship where she just touches his hand and just kind of gives him this really gentle smile, kind oh, of like yeah. this, I'm glad you came back for me. Like she's doing so much wonderful, wonderful acting, um, even in the absence of dialogue. Like she's just yeah. really dropped in. And so particularly when you're take, playing a, a young version of a character that is so iconic and beloved and played by such an iconic actress, to kind of take that and make it your own at her age is is really, really lovely to see. So, you know, again, as we've said, totally get the Star Wars falls under the lone wolf and cub sort of uh, yeah. plot structure too much and people having issues with that. It doesn't necessarily bother me. I don't disagree that they keep kind of going back to that well. Mm -hmm. I think it's a well that works for them, but I do understand it would be nice to see some different things. But all of that being what it is, I think that this Obi-Wan Kenobi Leia stuff that they've built is really quite lovely. Okay. Oh, and then on Tala, really yeah, quickly, because yeah. uh, I, I know I'm talking a lot, but uh, kind of to the point that we keep saying, like when they introduce these characters and they make a big deal out of a character coming onto the show and then we only see them in one episode and then they're gone and we're like, but they, we were so excited. When, when she showed up in episode three, I thought she wasn't going to make it through episode three and be dead. I thought we were going to get to see a lot of her. So the fact that we got so much of her in this episode... I thought was a thrill. Okay. I thought her dressing down that Imperial officer was just some mm. fierceness and I was all about it. I thought her uh, communicating with Obi-Wan uh, with those uh, communicators, the Tom same Link. ones that the same ones that Luke and all of them use in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, even the one shot was the same where it gets left behind and she leaves it is almost the same as A New Hope. Um, but yeah, I think she's turning into a really fun character that I would love to spend more time with. Like if she was one of those characters much like, you know, Hera and the crew of the Ghost who kind of form, like these characters that kind of get introduced in some series, but end up getting to stick with the rebellion all the way through. If she became a character that we kind of got to track through some of these other series, like if she showed up in Andor yeah. uh, as someone who's kind of been with the rebellion this whole time, like that would be really, really cool to me because I really like her a lot. I would not be mad to see her uh, in more Star Wars's. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% down to see more Star Wars. This. Um, Laura, talk to me. Leia in this episode, we get even more with her uh, in a different situation. And then uh, Tala, uh, Tala becoming an essential part of Kenobi's um, reemergence as a Jedi, but also in this uh, protecting Leia situation. So I really, I, I totally agree with what Mike said in terms of Tala being a really interesting character and would love to see her story go on and eventually join up with the Rebels. Um, and one of the things that I really, that I think would have maybe served this show as a whole would have been like setting it just a couple of years later mm. where Leia was just like a little older. I would, like these first two episodes of the show, I was just like, like, do kids talk like this? I'm like, I just, this is like really unbelievable to me, but I don't spend a lot of time with children, so I don't know. But it just, it Wait, just would have been that. more believable, I think, if she had just been like closer to being a teenager. Mm. But I really like what this young actress is doing. I think she's very talented. Definitely think that showed most in this episode of, of all of them. But the same thing with Tala, I... First of all, I have no faith that she's going to survive this show. I was going to say, I, I, she might not make it. She might yeah, not make it. But if I she really does. I really don't think she will. But yeah, I'm like, if it would have been cool if we had set this later. If, 
you know, we were even a little bit closer to the time of Rebels, which that's about the time when all of the Rebel cells in the galaxy are finally starting to converge yeah. and become this one big rebellion. If we were like a little bit closer to that time period, I feel like there would be a little bit more like oomph behind this story and this network of the path. Um, but but kind of where we are I, it was the whole point, I guess, just that... Ob- Obi-Wan couldn't have been that old because then he would have to look older and Ewan McGregor's not, I'm not sure what, what the purpose was. Um, But I do really like what they're doing with Leia. I think that by the end of it, she's going to show us again, even how great of an actress this, this young actress is. And I think with Tala, unfortunately she's going to be dead, but I really like her story so far. And I do hope that she survives. I hope I'm wrong. I would really love to be wrong in this. I will say, I I feel like if she was going to kick it, she would have kicked it on the Fortress Inquisitoras. Like, I feel I did not think she was going to make it through this episode. Yeah. But the fact that she did, made it out of the fortress, I was like, uh, maybe Well, I almost wonder, right. like, would that have served this episode better if she had? Mm-hmm. Because the sacrifice yeah. of this pilot Wade, I'm like, I, yeah. I don't care. Like, that, would, that didn't mean much to me. I think that was supposed to land for me, and it didn't. I, I, I'm not okay. sure. <laughs> I do think, you know, Shannon was saying that earlier, just really quickly on that point, because I, I do think the my biggest uh, gripe of this episode is that you should have spent 30 more seconds with those rebels, well, those 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 three yes. rebels, whatever we call them at the beginning. Like, if you just do two beats, I mean, it really is like two lines. Like, you give one line that, like, one of them is a goofy person and one of them is super serious and then the goofy one dies and then the super serious one is or whatever like you you really when you're doing something with characters that you know aren't big characters and they're only going to exist for a brief period of time is you give them one really strong personality trait so the audience keys in on what their personality is and if they had done that with those two characters and we knew just one thing about each of them and what their relationship was like then when that happened at yeah. the end you would have felt more about it so i do think that's something they could have done really really tightly okay the Bactal test, shall we say? Uh, uh, Sh- Shannon, what are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts on Leia and Tala in this episode, and wh- uh, your feeling about how they're taking these care, how the characters are being taken by the overall story here uh, at, at, by the end of episode four? I think uh, Leia continues to be great, yeah. and as much as some of Deborah Chow's staging is driving me crazy, I think her direction of Vivian Lyra Blair is fantastic because, yeah. again, you know, we talked about like directing kids; it's not always easy. I mean, you know, you have to have a good director, you have to have a good editor, um, and the performance that is on screen is really, really good. I mean, the the uh, jockeying for position that Riva and and uh, Leia were doing was so much fun to watch and watching for every tactic that Riva has, Leia has an answer. And it seems like by the end of this, we're going to obviously uh, Bail Organa sees the fact that, okay, I can now let my daughter off planet. She clearly knows how to handle herself. But also with her relationship with Obi-Wan, we're getting more and more proof of why she named her son Ben. Now, uh, someone someone had said on Twitter, like, well, you know, Han probably had something to do with that as well. I'm like, that is bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, Han was with that old guy for yeah. one little adventure. I'll he doesn't know. <laughs> like, this is Leia named yeah. that kid. Yeah, I'd love to Han. see Han try to name Leia's kid. I'd love to see that happen. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. Now, uh, before I get to Tala, I want to throw a question out to you all. Mm. Um, when Riva tells uh, Leia that Obi-Wan is dead, has Leia heard anyone refer to him as Obi-Wan? I was 
thinking that throughout the series because of the Ben stuff we talked about earlier. So, yeah, I wondered if that's the first time she's hearing that name. And if it is, because she heard it two or three times throughout the series, throughout this episode. Because that really throws a wrench in episode four (laughs) when she says General Kenobi. uh, And then, but when she hears Ben Kenobi, when Luke rescues her, she is elated. I mean, so... What? what go go for it <laughs> justify it no there's no i don't know i don't like i just think that like i mean like we've made there's been so many jokes made about it in so many different ways like i love the world that star wars has built around the original trilogy like in 1977 nobody thought we would be here in 2022 debating the nuance of who said what when in a movie that was made in 1977 at the end of the day there are discrepancies. And as much as they try to make it all make sense, there will continue to be discrepancies. You can't avoid it. The movie is too old. Want perfection. I mean, look. The Lucasfilm emblem just coming on his shirt right now. I I see him. (laughs) No, it's like, no, it's just like, it's so funny. Like, you can, like, look, it's, it's like the whole, and like, there is a comic book that tries to justify it. Explain to me how Leia in Return of the Jedi tells Luke that her mom was sad somehow. I just barely remember my real mother. She was sad somehow. Well, you never met her. We saw you get borned. She died of a broken heart. We saw it happen. Like, so like there's like that or like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, well, there's if Luke if Luke goes to the dark side, there's no hope or Obi-Wan Kenobi's ghost saying that and Yoda saying, no, there is another. And like, well, we just watched a whole adventure where Obi-Wan Kenobi knows there's another. So his ghost either forgot something or there will always be discrepancies. (laughs) Obi's a bit of a sexist. I don't know. know. (laughs) Uh, Tutala, as I said before, I love Indira Varma. I think she's so, so good. Watching her, again, dress down, dress down that one officer, supremely satisfying. As as Obi Wan was coming out of that back to tank, like again, I feel like if we'd had a little bit more room for the characters to breathe, you could have gotten a nice exchange of information, yes. like like yes. finding out what what it was. I mean, we 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 know very broadly that she thought it was one thing; it turned out it was something else. I think I think there are power uh, in, in those moments in terms of character that you can like when you find out some specificity about someone's history, it makes their actions land all that much harder. And that's just something that, you know, they're not, they haven't done. Um, I truly thought she was toast. Um, because with, like, with, uh, I, Riva? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought like, she's, she's a goner. Um, but in, in for a, for a story moment, it would have, it would have mattered like Wade, poor wade like we don't know you bud um so the fact when his it was really cool how his uh how his speeder uh was taken down but ultimately uh, narratively it's kind of a toothless sacrifice um but i mean i love what indira varma is doing there's such a such a uh, stark difference when we see the real tala and then when we see tala in her sort of imperial disguise yeah. like she's it is it is night and day and you can see why some of the imperials um are good at what they do because that's what she was at one point um yeah i, I don't think she makes it out of the series um how dare you i don't know i think i, you know, I, I hope you she does well, I no, hope i'll she give does. you i'll get like here's why i think she does is because i think Justice that i mean i unless unless she's like obi's what ride or die for the next two episodes here like i think she like obi-wan kenobi's gonna they're gonna 
get Leia back to Alderaan, hopefully, or on the way, Darth Vader is going to intercept them. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I for sure think she's going to live, but I think that she's got at least a 50-50 shot because I think that she made it out of the most dangerous thing she did. She put her shit on the line. Now she's officially like, her clearance definitely no longer works. She's not pulling (laughs) that trick again. So I feel like at this point, she she might be in the clear. Yeah, when you go into the Inquisitorium Emporium, there's no guarantee you're you're getting out. Which apparently you can buy Popsicle Jedi, so who knew? That's what we were selling at the Emporium. Take those Popsicles and uh, some Vicks if you got them. That'd be good. Um, Yeah, I I liked uh, Leia in this, absolutely. She's just so, so good. Uh, And now I'm like, all right, give me that Leia series. I'm down. Let's see more with her. Or if you're going to recast, give me Millie Bobby Brown or give me a teenager. Leia, I'm in. I'm in for this. I want this character as i said many months ago on the geek buddies i don't care about the recasting recast it get it going let's make it happen there are so many stories to tell with these characters and i want to see some of those stories and i don't want to be held back because it's not carrie fisher or mark hamill i refuse that or harrison ford when he finally shuffles off this mortal coil i don't want that being uh stopped from us being able to see more for God's sake. So I love how much she's embracing playing Leia. And, you know, it's ironic. She's actually getting the moments to breathe in her scenes, the moments to show a little more, moments to show some levels, which I find really, really interesting. It's, as you said, when she's trying to trick Reba, but also Reba's like confronting her. There are two other locations. We found this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And she's like playing along with it a little bit. It's like, oh, oh, wow. you know what? I don't know any path. I don't know what you're talking about. So seeing her navigate all these moments with Reba, I think are really cool. And then of course the tender moments with Ben there at the end. And also when he saves her, you can see the genuine affection that's growing here for Kenobi, you know, and, and her seeing all the stuff that she's seeing off world. Um, God knows how uh, a bail is dealing with this bail and his wife are dealing with this. Cause it's been quite some time since Leia has been home. And so they might be freaking out, but I like what's going on here. And Tala, I think she survives and dear of armor survives. Damn it. It would just be so simple to kill her which is why the fact that she survived in this episode makes me believe, believe that she will survive. And look, Homie's not a Jedi anymore, right? I mean, he's kind of walked away from it. So the constraints of uh, starting a relationship, feeling things for somebody, that's kind of off the table now. So I'm just wondering if there's a possibility here to explore some. I don't mean to default to a romance. I, know, so I can hear people groaning. I'm just saying there's a possibility. I don't, yeah. Like, I mean, he already, I mean, look, he already, he already broke that rule. Once, I know. So. so I'm just saying now that he's not, it's even more so he can break the rule is what I'm getting at. But she's great. Do I buy the whole talking next to a dude who's essentially the next, uh, uh, you know, sitting in the next console over? No, I think that's kind of weird that they tried to get away with that. But she's playing these scenes so well that I want her to. Survive. And the back forth with her and Reva, where she is kind of twisting Reva around a little bit, I thought was great. And I, I hate to say this, but I felt like Indira got the best of that back and forth for sure. And I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I mean, the the guy who's stationed next to Tala might be the worst employee in the Empire. I mean. Because not only does he hear her talking on a yeah. comm link, then the superior officer comes like, hey, let's have a talk. He just doesn't come back. Like no. he's, he's passed out <laughs> behind a panel. Right, right. And that guy's like, well. Business is he usual, might be a spy I too. I was I just gonna know. say that, Laura. You know what? I'm doing his own mission. You know what? Well, I mean, like, listen. If we keep doing this with the Disney Plus series, in about three years, we're gonna get his whole series. It'll be the six episode yep. arc what? of why he didn't say anything. 
or and a we're comic gonna get or a novel. Yeah, it'll, we'll cover it. It's coming. Absolutely. It's coming right after the George Kenobi series. <laughs> George Kenobi. You're gonna do what? Um, listen, uh, Laura Kelly. I want to go back to you on this because we had some dead Jedi, Laura. Uh, looking like some Jurassic Park flies or locusts. I mean, like, <laughs> talk to me about this situation, seeing these Jedi there. It was really unsettling um, to see how many of them were under there. And there are references to Jedi Fallen Order, to Clone Wars, to other things uh, from these Jedi uh, that were there. So, And especially that young kid, what was your reaction as you were seeing all of this? Is that fan service or is that something that's – uh, supposed to kind of reaffirm how how scary the Fortress Inquisitorius is? Or what did you take from seeing that? I think, yeah, we're supposed to sort of get the twistedness of what's going on in the mm -hmm. secure levels of the of the Inquisitorius. Um, whether it's fan service, I don't know, because I was tr trying desperately to see if I could recognize any of these Jedi besides Terra Sinube. Yeah. Uh, that first which, one was the... Which, by the way, low blow. Yeah. Low blow. Yeah. Nice <laughs> old man. Nice old Jedi. Helps Ahsoka find her lightsaber. Yeah. Cute little old man. And he's the first one we see. Low blow. Yeah. And that dude was old. Like, he lived through a lot. He survived the High Republic and all that madness. And he that's how he goes. Yeah, that sucks. But I, I didn't actually personally recognize anybody else yeah. although I, when i looked at the credits of this episode yeah there was there were two um young actors that were credited as playing some of the jedi younglings in episode one and then they were also credited as being in this episode and i'm like well oh, i don't remember seeing any jedi youngs except that one that was frozen in the the jurassic park amber and I'm wondering maybe if that was like, is that maybe supposed to be a callback to the, I don't know, but they didn't make it obvious enough if that's what it is. I had to go seek that out yeah, yeah. and I'm not even sure if I'm right. So that was, um, that was definitely interesting. I also wondered if maybe one of them was uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s wife, maybe. I, I oh, he like yeah. kind of lingered on a couple well, of them and I'm like, that. am I supposed to know these people? Like, I'm yeah. not sure. I, mean, I gotta Listen, go, I have to wait for I like the Alex the Damon video, you know? Yeah. No, I felt the same. I saw, I mean, I saw Tara Sanube and I was like, oh shit. And then I was like, who else are we going to see? And I, now I feel better because like, if you didn't know who they yeah, are, that's what I'm saying. Laura's already then I feel okay that I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know who these others are. Um, the young, but like, I will say this. Yeah. It's not, I think it is definitely to show how twisted the, uh, the inquisitors are in the same way that yeah. like in that main room that they have, there's like lightsabers and youngling helmets sort of circling yep. the room. So like, definitely there's a trophy aspect, but it is also like, listen, we have all seen Jurassic Park. What do you do with things that are frozen in amber? Right. You clone them. Okay. What are uh, we ever since ever yeah. since Poe no Amber ever clones. since ever since Oscar Isaac had Ooh. to say the sad sad words somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> Star Wars is just building a case to be like guys, they were doing this the whole time. Yeah. yeah. chlorians, man. chlorians. Yeah. Like we <laughs> now have a bunch of frozen Jedi that they've experimented on so that when we get to post return of the Jedi, the fact that the empire is trying to figure out how this thing so oh we we cloned a bunch of Jedi and froze them in amber, but those chlorians were dead. We need a live thing. Where's that little Grogu fella? Like they are building a case so that 12 years from now there's going to be some kid and we're all going to be old grumpy ass people. We're going to be like, "Oh, that stupid Palpatine thing." They're like, "No, they were trying to do it the entire time. Oh, I yeah. watched Hold everything on. in order and it told makes sense that's why they're frozen in amber yeah that's fair that's fair um 
Yeah, you're right, uh, Laura. Jonathan Ho and Oliver Ho are credited as young Jedi younglings who appear in this episode. Uh, so one of them must have been in that Amber for sure. Um, uh, was this? Uh, De- uh, Den of Geek lists two other possible Jedis who were there. Uh, Coleman Kazach, I don't know how to say that correctly. Coleman Kaj, maybe, um, was among the frozen Jedi. Appears to the uh, to be oh. Uh, among the frozen Jedi appears to be Angry Jedi Master Coleman Kaj, a member of the Jedi Council during the time of the Revenge of the Sith. He appears as a background character in several episodes of the Clone Wars. An Oppo Rancisis, uh, uh, possibly another Jedi Council member snatched up there by the Empire. This this Pacian, this this Piacian, sorry, is easily recognizable by his long beard. He appeared in Phantom Menace. I remember him in Phantom Menace and a background character in Clone Wars. So that could be uh, a couple of the Jedi that we see under there. I've looked through a number of sites. And those only those seem to be the only ones that they reference overall. What did you think about them, Shannon? Uh, you want to chime in on this uh, on the Frozen Amber Jedi? I mean, uh, just recently I was around some very large posters that had a lot of Frozen Amber. So the moment oh, that I yeah. that I that I saw that, I Jurassic was like, World oh, Kenobi. yeah. <laughs> the moment that I saw that, I didn't necessarily put together that I'm like, oh, they're going to extract that DNA. I was just like, oh, this is jacked up. This is your trophy room. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, they spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> Except on the glass walls. Maybe could have reinforced those. Yeah. A little yeah, bit. yeah That's maybe. weird. Isn't it? That a, that a <laughs> shop on the blaster would cause the, I mean, you would think the glass would be a little more reinforced than blaster fire. I just, you I would mean, also Am- think Amber... that stormtrooper armor would be stronger than it is. And it's not. So yeah, they, they're fair. clearly cutting corners somewhere. And that That's Amber cool. is really expensive. You guys <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let's, let's put the money in the trophy room, not in the safety windows. <laughs> no one would dare attack us. All right, let's get, let's get to final thoughts here. Uh, let's start with you, Mikey, any final thoughts uh, uh, for episode four and, what do you anticipate we'll see as we go into these last two episodes of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Um, you know, like I said, like, like I don't think it's like the, the strongest episode, but I thought a lot of the stuff that was there was really, really nice. I think that, you know, as I said about Reva's thing, I think if there's anything that this show stu- uh, suffers from a bit, it's that there's certain plot points where we as the audience are a bit too far ahead and we're like kind of anxious for them to pick up the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Obi-Wan Kenobi's uh, water force moment. Uh, you know, I thought that was really nice. Again, I think that they are like, just just as at the very beginning, they were intercutting with Obi-Wan in the back to tank and Anakin in the back to tank. Uh, and, you know, they're really kind of building this whole uh, Obi-Wan kind of rem- remembering Padme when he looks at Leia. Yeah. We all know that Anakin's big issue is Padme. Uh, so I think they're kind of building these sort of comparisons between the two of them. So I did think it was really cool because he was holding the force, like a him just really using the force for the first time in a major way was a great moment for him, but him using it in a way that is exactly what Vader does in a hallway at the Uh, end of Jedi fallen order, I think again is just a really neat little comparison. So I think them building this thing between Anakin and Obi-Wan is really nice. I really hope in the next couple episodes, they deliver on that. And I really hope with Reva, we get more than I was a Jedi youngling because I'm like, we knew that already. Give us more. So like, I I'm I'm curious to see how these next two episodes go. Yeah. Plus we get that underwater breathing apparatus from clone wars that are used to get in live action. Uh, Laura Kelly, final thoughts on this episode feelings uh, coming out of episode four and what you anticipate we might be getting in episodes five and six. I have a few final thoughts. Um, one, I did not play Jedi Fallen Order, so that water force moment 
um, didn't remind me of anything from that, but it did give me a little bit of Kane and in the fire vibe. So I was not having Ooh. happy feelings during that nice. <laughs> during that particular scene. That that did not feel good. But uh, one point I want to bring up. Speaking of rebels, I'm just going to keep talking about rebels because Please. I love it. And um, there's a whole scene in probably season one or two, or a whole episode, maybe even a whole episode arc where. Ezra and Kanan like have to go in disguise and get stormtrooper armor to sneak around an imperial base. Right. And there are a lot of things in this episode that could have been avoided if Obi-Wan had not just knocked out that stormtrooper in the little water area and just left him to float. If he had just put on the armor. Number two, why was Obi-Wan not soaking wet when he was wandering around? Like, you could have solved two problems. Now you're not soaking wet anymore, and you look like somebody who should be in the Inquisitorious. I get that we can't hide Obi-Wan Kenobi's face. We have to be able to see his face, so we can't just put him in a stormtrooper. I understand, and I understand that would have taken away the entire episode that we got. But I'm just saying, if this had been a Rebels episode, they would have put on the armor. Fair enough. All right, Laura Kelly. Well, it would not have been a bad idea. Um, what about episodes five and six? What do you anticipate we'll see? Um, I want to get a little bit, I think we'll get more than Reva. I was a Jedi once. I mean, I think we're going to, I'm hoping that we'll get a little bit more of like, I don't know if it'll be flashbacks or what, but like just more of like this sort of trauma that she went through that led to her becoming an inquisitor of all things. Um, I, overall, I really like what we're getting with the inquisitors in this show. I kind of, I'll be curious to see what happens with some of the other ones we haven't spent as much time with, like the fifth brother and then the the other woman inquisitor whose name I haven't even bothered to learn. Yeah. Um, it'd be it'll just be interesting to see a little bit more where they're if their sort of younger selves tie in with Riva's younger self. I don't know. That's that's the most interesting component for me still. And I think when it comes to how the show is going to end. I'll be really curious to see if Obi-Wan is ultimately, we're going to kind of end on a note of like, okay, well, he's now involved in this, what will be a future rebel cell. He's going to maybe take trips occasionally off of Tatooine to help with the path. Or is he just going to go back and sit like a bum on Tatooine and watch Luke periodically? Like, I I just will be really interested to see how they decide to tie up the story. And if they do leave it open, potentially for more storytelling in this same sort of realm. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, if they're all younglings from the same crew and that little kid was with the crew with him and they're keeping him in stasis, that's some dark shit. That's some yeah. dark ass shit. I mean, if Reva's going down there to occasionally have crazy wackadoo conversations with the kid, that's kind of nuts. Um, uh, Shannon, final thoughts here on episode four and what you anticipate we'll see in five and six. I mean, for as many little nitpicks uh, that I had, I, I did like it. I mean, again... Mm-hmm. It, Coming off of episode three is a it, that's a tall order. Episode yeah. three was really really good, um, so yeah, it was it was fine. Like there there are just things that I would like to see more of, but it, maybe not going to get to. Uh, in terms of uh, episodes five and six, um, I, I think we're ahead of Book of Boba Fett right now, <laughs> but uh, but I would really like to get to like the kind of the closing moments of like the Mandalorian. I mean, I really hope we get some big satisfying moments. I hope we get, I, I mean, I hope we get obviously more of Reva's backstory and I hope it's not just one declarative statement. I would for as many times as she's turned on her lightsaber, I'd like to, I'd like to see the Obi-Wan Reva yes. duel. Like yeah. I would like to see that before we get the inevitable, uh, Reva Vader Obi-Wan duel. Like I would like to see, this confrontation like if she 
I want to see that moment where she gets to, you know, look this guy she's been pursuing in the eyes. Um, and knowing that Moses Ingram really delivers a great performance in those smaller, in those smaller moments. I mean, that's the, that's the performance that I want to see. And I, I sure hope Tala survives, even though I don't think she's going to, because I really like her character. Can I pose you this had, question really she, quick? She, she was you... in the background of Rogue One. You didn't see it. I saw it. She was there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> they planned it the whole time. I want to ask, are you sure you want to get all of that in five and six? Or would you rather Din Djarin come in and take over the entire story for the last two episodes? It's like, <laughs> what mean... if we brought that back? It's an option. Wow, Laura. Laura taking <laughs> hard. Laura taking the shots. Laura. Um, yeah, here's what yeah, I, I liked the episode overall, but yeah, but like with the nitpicks, I mean, I really wish, that, I mean, if, if I can see it, why can't you see it? I mean, it just, it frustrates me because these people are pay, getting paid way more money than I'm making and should be able to figure out, like, this dude is literally five feet from you. He's going to be able to hear you talking into a damn intercom. Like, uh, this, this, those kind of mistakes to me, because I see them as mistakes, unsettle me when I'm watching a show with this kind of high production value to make those kinds of simple mistakes. It's just kind of unsettling. And Laura's right. Like, why isn't Kenobi drenched in it? Why isn't he wet? Like, it just doesn't make sense. These are, these are easy things you can fix. Um, you know, I just you, want wet want, Kenobi. Just want Wenobi. <laughs> I want a Wenobi. You just watch it. You can figure it out as you're watching it. So it just it's frustrating to me on so many levels. And, you know, I want to see more. So hopefully over these next two episodes, we'll get a little bit more of the character work a little bit more of the character development, the quieter stuff, the conversations in between, some more of the backstory, because I don't have enough yet. It was pitched to me as a Hayden Christensen, you know, um, Ewan McGregor situation, and we've only got one real moment between them, and we haven't gotten him with the him with this off back and forth with him and Kenobi. That's what I want to see. So I hope we'll get that in five and six. And I have a feeling that Reba and Kenobi are going to go at it. And at some point, either Vader's going to come in or maybe it's a two-on-one situation and Vader may leave her to die and that's where she feels the ultimate betrayal and may trigger this whole thing if she's going to turn. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, or Tala shoots her because Tala's a pretty big badass and maybe Tala will take her out and that's how she lives. I can see that happening as well. So we shall see. So a lot to explore. And we're not done with Leia for sure. So there'll be some part she's oh. going to have to play in all of this as well, don't you think? I mean, listen. She's gonna she's gonna run the rebellion and then the resistance. So we're yeah. certainly not done with her. She's got a lot left to do. <laughs> I just been mm -hmm. in the series. I thought I she heard. was gonna pick up one of the blasters, dude. I really did. There was a moment where all that was happening. I was like, "Where's Leia going? She gonna grab one of them blasters? Go get it. Go get it." But she did. <laughs> um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for episode four of Obi Wan Kenobi. Thank you all so much for joining us here. We appreciate it madly. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK Tune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Um, listen, if you enjoyed our spoiler review and you want us to continue talking about things like the future of George Kenobi in the Star Wars universe, then here is what you can do for us. Uh, you can hit that like button below. You can subscribe to John's Outlaw Nation page where he has a ton of amazing content to check out. Leave your comments below. What did you like? What did you not like? What are you hoping for? What are you worried about? Tell us all of that below in the comments. 
Um, if you're listening to us on um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available, leave us some stars, leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings there so more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, tell your friends to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies, and of course, may the force be with you. Oh, well said. Uh, and thanks so much to the great Laura Kelly for joining us. Laura, we always love having you on the Geek Buddies. Um, please tell us, tell them where they can find you and everything you got going on. Sure. Come find me on Twitter and Instagram at shut up underscore Laura. That's my handle. You can find uh, the show that I host with my friend Alice at Force Toast Pod on Twitter. And you can find me hosting The Jedi Way with John Roca right here on the Outlaw Nation. That's right. We just did our most recent episode talking about our experiences at Star Wars Celebration. So if you haven't watched that, Please go back and watch that. We also give our thoughts on the Obi-Wan Kenobi episode three. Now, trust me, you don't want to miss Laura's thoughts on that as well. All right. Thank you all so much. One last thing. Thanks. A big thanks to Carbon Health, who powers and sponsors us here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. You know, you know if you've got some healthcare issues, you've got some questions about healthcare that you want to get addressed, head on over to CarbonHealth.com. Reach out to them. They've got physical locations, 100 plus of them all over the country, 50 plus locations in California alone, or you can get some virtual care with them and see if they can help you out with any of the questions or issues that you got. And make sure you get the app for Carbon Health so you can have a, a doc in your pocket for any healthcare questions that come up in life. And certainly that does happen. I mean, you never know when one day some window is going to shatter and you're drowning in the Inquisitorious Emporium. That is definitely a tough situation. All right. Thank you all so much. Take care of yourselves. Be well. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review here from The Geek Buddies and Laura Kelly. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.